0: Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. We're calling this one Knee Deep In It. And the it to which we are referring is shit. Mm. Because if you're a human being and you are alive, you saw this week a bunch of fat white Republican redneck dudes storm the Capitol building Uh and bust in and, like, terrorize or whatever. (laughs) Cause a ruckus. Cause a ruckus, for sure. And, um, yeah, it was pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. And um, it got me thinking about a lot of things, I guess. This was a very provocative event for me. It brought a lot of things to mind. What about you?
0: Yeah, well, I, as you know, work from home currently, so I had the television on, Mm -hmm. on the news because um, I was curious what was going to happen at that rally, yeah, and I just watched the whole thing unfold live on television, and yeah. uh, my jaw was just—I uh, had to pull it off the floor.
1: Yeah, I, shock. I don't mean to body shame them, but um, the reason I point that out is there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around on online. You may have heard about this um, that that it was Antifa, yes. pretending to be Trump supporters, right. And uh, I would like to point out that every single one of those men I saw on TV uh, busting into the Capitol building were pretty overweight, and mm-hmm. they were definitely white and middle-aged. And I've never seen an Antifa person that looks like that at all. No. Antifa people usually have skinny jeans, <laughs> multicolored hair, usually very pale, like an iron deficiency thing going on. They usually <laughs> they, That's
0: why they wear so much armor.
1: Uh-huh. And they usually are like 20.
0: Yeah, they're 20. They're they're lanky and mm-hmm. thin and
1: with skinny jeans on and none of those jeans dudes had skinny jeans. Different on. Different
0: colored hair and they're not middle-aged
1: and yet. not overweight at all. No. So, just from a cat a casual glance, you could tell that wasn't Antifa. Just as a
0: casual body mm-hmm. observation. They were
1: way older and much more <laughs> overweight.
0: Yeah, so I, I think yeah, it's it's legit. Those were actual Trump supporters. Yeah, and
1: mm-hmm. it, I'm 100% sure. I don't think there was any uh foolishness with antifa going on there but that's what they're gonna say right so i want to dispel that myth right off the bat (laughs) and speaking of shit by the way uh christmas just got over with (laughs) and uh
0: keep calling christmas shit
1: no that was just a a convenient segue (laughs) um every year for christmas you have gotten me a um uncle john's Great bathroom reader. Um, <laughs> I they, have. They put one out every year. Mm-hmm. It's like a little facty book.
0: It's a book full of various and a sundry world history notes and facts and figures that you can peruse while you sit on your <laughs> throne. <laughs> yes.
1: And, um, One thing I noticed about it when I was looking through it is I found a section about uh, toilets in in world history, like, you know, historically, going back thousands of years, how did people go to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. And I noticed something really interesting because... All these white supremacists have, were at the White House in the Capitol building, and I was thinking about, like, they think white people are the You were the like, best. how
0: do these people shit?
1: Yeah, and they think white people are, like, the greatest. <laughs> and I'm looking at this book, and I noticed that it says in 4,000 B.C., they had found water pipes um, in, in India that flowed into the river uh, from buildings they had in ancient India. And I was like, wow, that's 5,000 B.C. They had they were, like, pooping in toilets that had pipes Right. Which is really crazy.
0: A really, really long time ago.
1: Yeah. And then there's a lot of other examples in the book of, you know, 3000 BC, 1700. So you're going up through time. Different places are kind of inventing toilets over time. But then I noticed that you get to the 1500s AD. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's 5,000 years in the future, from the from the first toilets from
0: those ancient Indian Indian toilets, uh-huh.
1: and you're in London, and literally they are using chamber pots and just throwing the shit in the street. Right. So the British, <laughs> the British, <laughs> for five thousand years, still haven't invented toilets, and they're literally just walking around in their own shit. Yeah. That they're throwing on the streets from chamber pots so much yeah. so they have a person that's called a gong farmer that mo- removes the shit. It was a job.
0: Where do you think they took it?
1: Outside of the the village or whatever. But I also find it funny that the the British men, they wore thigh-high boots. You know, you always see they had their pantaloons tucked into their boots. Mm -hmm. The reason why is that there was so much shit on the ground, they didn't want to get it on their pants. Mm -hmm. So when they got somewhere, they would take their boots off, and then their pants would be... Clear of the uh, shit that they've been walking around in, because there were also horses shitting everywhere too.
0: So disgusting! And yeah, it? <laughs> that's really gross. But and yeah, it, I've heard about that. It
1: makes me want to ask the question of white supremacists: If this is true, how come? How can white people be so superior if for <laughs> for five thousand years they're still walking around in their own shit?
0: Yeah, that's, that's my a really. Point. That's a good point.
1: And I found that from the uh, Uncle John's bathroom reader, so I wanted to plug that.
0: I remember in my Latin class learning about the Roman bathrooms and mm-hmm. like them doing the aqueducts. Yeah, and having like the long pipe mm-hmm. of water that would run down through yeah the city, and they would create like basically like wood toilet seats along the way yeah. <laughs> that you could sit on and do your business. But mm-hmm. here's the thing that I always found strange was that they would go together. Like yeah, like you would be taking a shit with your um business partners yeah and like <laughs> it was all go, open
1: going over deals it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a
0: stall yeah. or a separate bathroom it was mm-hmm. this like trough with these seats on top yeah and you would all be sitting together and a lot of like business deals were conducted while the Roman men were going number two <laughs> together
1: yeah. right I think that's hilarious and I also think it's kind of funny because those are Italians mm-hmm. um and I don't know if White supremacists really consider them to be uh, white, I think.
0: I don't know. We'd have to ask one.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think they would count. I think they more like identify with the Norse and the British people who are walking around in their own shit still. Maybe. Yeah. So I just <laughs> want to point that out. I think it's a it's an interesting thing that I noticed from the book right. that fits in with our theme here of mm-hmm. being knee-deep in it. Now, it is my understanding that they have toilets currently in England. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure they do.
1: Yeah, I actually don't mean to shit too hard on the British because I actually am a huge British fan. I love British stuff. I always have. Mm -hmm. Um, As a kid, my favorite fairy tale or whatever was Robin Hood. Uh I love the Kevin Costner film. I love swords. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of all those types of things. I actually love knights and armor and weaponry. You you
0: like the aesthetic of the whole medieval mm -hmm. look.
1: Lord of the Rings, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm actually uh, a big fan of British stuff, but so are the white supremacists.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, uh,
1: yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, they like knights, and you know, they wear the Viking stuff. They... I've
0: seen like the reference to Vikings. Yeah, see that's... which is really unfortunate because I'm pretty sure in my lineage I come from Viking Ex- people. Yeah, tall,
1: uh-huh. blonde,
0: fair skinned. I know <laughs> I think Norse mythology. Might be
1: Viking. <laughs> Norse mythology, you know their their religion. Um, Was something I was always fascinated with. I named my dog Odin because I always thought Mm -hmm. that that he was awesome. Um, I love memes. And I know you love memes. I'm
0: all about some memes. Yeah. But wait, are memes British?
1: No, they're not British, and they're not Norse, but you know what they are? There are something that was mostly invented by white supremacists, and they love them. I
0: know a lot of it came from like the 4chan, yep. and even now, a lot of the best memes that make their way to Facebook yep. that we all share originated mm-hmm. in the 4chan
1: dirty mm-hmm. underworld. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing that I like is video games. Uh, I'm, I love video games. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out a lot of the white supremacists, they love video games too.
0: So are you saying you're a white supremacist?
1: No, I'm not at all. I hate them. Uh, I I completely (laughs) couldn't disagree with them more. And yet we have so many similar interests and it pisses me off. Yeah. Because I feel like they keep taking the things that I fucking like. (laughs) Yeah. Because a lot of times I got interested in shit way before I knew the white supremacists were into it. I was a kid when I discovered Robin Hood and how cool it was. And I thought medieval England was cool. Mm -hmm. And then later found out, oh, yeah, all these white supremacists think that that's cool, too. And I'm like, well, damn it. Mm -hmm. and same thing with Norse mythology I discovered that in high school
0: I know they use a lot of the like Nordic
1: Uh symbols the runes yeah yeah they like those I thought those were cool way before I knew that there were white supremacists that liked them I was in high school I was learning about mythology Mm -hmm. and uh, video games I started playing video games when I was like six Mm -hmm. so it pisses me off because I guess because we're the same like I'm a white guy and I'm about the age of all of them Mm -hmm. so our interests overlap but It pisses me off. I don't know how else to say it. I wish that it wasn't true. And I I wish they wouldn't keep taking stuff that I like.
0: Do you ever feel concerned that you'll be misidentified or mislabeled? I've thought about it for sure. Based on your interests?
1: I've thought about it for sure. I've thought somebody might see. Like, have
0: you ever hesitated in sharing your interests out of, like, fear or concern that the person you're telling would be like, oh, he's one of those? Yeah,
1: well, I wouldn't walk around with a shirt with a bunch of runes on it. Like, yeah, I that's wouldn't. too bad. You know. know,
0: like you can't really do that. I just
1: wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um. And like, there's some bands I like that are pretty Nor- Nordic. Like, uh, there's a band called Amon Marth. They're named after Lord of the Rings. They're all Vikings and stuff. Uh, well, you
0: listen to that, like, I love them. Death metal. Yeah. And uh, heavy but I, metal. I won't
1: even wear their shirts because I I don't want because be there's mistaken. that association. Yeah. It's it's the same thing. Um. I think people that like the Punisher, the cartoon, the a- comic book the guy, the Punisher, Mm -hmm. his skull has been co-opted. The Punisher skull, you've seen it, is like.
0: Oh, you're right. They love that
1: thing. So I feel bad for people that liked the comic book before the racists took it.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: Pepe the Frog. I don't know if you're familiar with Pepe. I do know, yeah, Pepe. He Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with being racist until the racists took it.
0: I thought it was an incel
1: thing. Well, it started off in just 4chan in general. But the point is, it was a meme that had nothing to do with racist, and now it is. Mm -hmm. And... So not only are they like taking stuff that is currently cool, but they also have taken things in the past that were cool that I didn't know they took.
0: So what do you do to like? I don't know remedy that.
1: I don't know, but I I know that it makes me mad, and then I wanted to talk about it because <laughs> I, I I don't know how to get them to stop taking stop things I like.
0: Stop taking my shit, man. Yeah.
1: Like what if they were like Dungeons and Dragons? All the racists love that. I'd be pissed off because it's mm-hmm. like I love Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. You can't.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So stop taking our shit, racist people. <laughs> and aside from just getting worked up and <laughs> making jokes about it, when I really think about why that is, the reason is because they're targeting people like me. And so they are putting things in their messaging to target people that like the similar things that that, that I do because that's what people my age and my Sure, socioeconomic place fit so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would definitely be a prime candidate for joining some sort <laughs> of white, yeah, supremacist organization. Not I if guess. they heard the podcast. Oh no, <laughs> if they heard this, they would hate you. But yeah, just looking at you, mm-hmm. I could see that. Plus, you mentioned that a lot of them are in the same kind of age mm-hmm. bracket anyway, so they're probably yeah. they probably came to like the same kind of things as you in a similar way. They just instead of liking it and not being a total piece of shit they like it and became a yeah. piece of shit
1: yeah and i think a lot of times that's what was what attracted them to it in the first place mm-hmm. um and there's a book that i've been reading recently uh called Cultural Warlords by Talia Cul- Lavin Culture what Warlords
0: Culture Warlords
1: by Talia Lavin okay and uh it's she's a a writer who Uh, Sort of infiltrated. She pretended to be white supremacists and sort of infiltrated their whole world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she goes over a lot of the same types of things I was just talking about. They're interested in video games, memes, you know, uh, Norse mythology. did she go in person? She used the internet. She anonymously infiltrated a lot of these groups. Oh. And she reported on them. And very similar to what we did on our show when we did parlor tricks. Yeah, when we we went 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 undercover. And pretended to be... (laughs) And to see what they're saying, um, and what I found in there is that like the culture is has bled out into the rest of the world. They their their whole sarcasm, multi layered sarcasm meme culture is something that has infiltrated the whole internet, and they're just the ones who started it. But I don't know that they get to be the ones who claim it. Mm. Um, and I think that's a. I don't know exactly how to fight white supremacy, but I I know that. They're going to use whatever's in popular culture to push their stuff. And so you always have to be aware of it. You always have to know that it could be coming from somewhere like that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I
0: mean, it makes sense just strictly thinking about it from like a business point of view. If you were to think of white supremacy as a an operation, you're going to want to use the same channels and marketing mm-hmm. that um, regular mm-hmm. businesses or or Groups that are on the up and up mm-hmm. would use, which would be like your social medias, mm-hmm. um, and your Twitters and your Facebooks. Yeah, so it makes sense.
1: I could give you an example from this week. Uh, I mean,
0: even ISIS used mm-hmm. social media exactly. to recruit for their crazy,
1: exactly destruction. And so you can't shut down the social media. So what do you do? It's a it's a conundrum, right? Um,
0: because. A lot of good does come exactly. from social media. That's
1: it's it's a really tough call, and I don't know what to do because I can see it. It's it's like very clear. A lot of the plans, the people that were planning what happened this week at the Capitol, um, were talking about it on, on these websites. Like they it,
0: were like the the woman who got shot. Mm-hmm. She had apparently just posted like the day before or something on yeah. her own Facebook about you know her. Beliefs and her intentions right. and what she was doing there, so she was, she was in it.
1: Yeah, and th- that's why I feel threatened by this whole thing. The whole white supremacist thing is scary to me because it's 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 really invasive, mm-hmm. and it's like a gas. It just keeps expanding in this country, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people haven't wanted to see it and hopefully th- this week let's people see it i
0: think it has to because and and the point's been made even um biden said like this if this group had been black yeah or this had been a blm oh, God. protest there would have been much more police presence and undoubtedly more carnage or more, yeah. more death yeah um than what we saw. It was bizarre. There was like no police presence. It was so weird. Very little. And then there were, I saw a video of police de- taking selfies with some of these people who broke in. Um, and it's like, if you can't be, if you can't see how the the difference between white and black. Yeah. And the treatment, uh, then something's wrong with it, you. It's
1: honestly never been more obvious. Yes.
0: It's Very, and- very apparent.
1: It's really sad, and it's really—I don't know—it's scary right now. I'm, I'm like the white supremacists actually have me scared, and but I'm you're white. white. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they're fucking assholes, and they—they they are ruining stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're using—they're using really devious ways that I think a lot of people are unaware of to right. do
0: it. Because we even we, although it was shock and awe this week in watching what was happening at the Capitol building. You and I really weren't terribly surprised. No. In fact, if you go back and listen to our QAnon episode, we talked about Mm -hmm. what these folks are capable of, what they believe, and
1: what they are going to do. If you listen to our uh, incel MGTOW extravaganza episode, you will also hear me talking about the threats from these people who are uh,
0: a lot of overlap a there. lot of
1: overlap. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the same group but there's a lot of overlap.
0: There's so many different groups even within
1: yes there are the
0: the larger mass that was there and and one of the news organizations actually stopped and like they took f- photos from the gathering and looked at different symbols, uh, hand gestures and the flags that people were carrying and went through and identified the varying, white supremacist um uh sexist etc types and names of groups and organizations that were there and many of them were very bad yes um like uh southern poverty law center red flags you know
1: yeah, that that article was actually on uh, CNN.com. Mm-hmm. You can find it there. It's called "Decoding the Extremist Symbols and Groups at the Capitol Hill Insurrection."
0: Yeah, to me, that's just fascinating that they were able to go through and look at all these photos from the event and and point out all the different groups and yep. gangs. You know, I'm using air quotes, gangs that were there.
1: Yeah, it's it's there's a lot. There was actually more than a lot of people realize. There was. Groups there with symbols and flags that you may have never seen before. There
0: were there was one I can't remember which one it was that I was like, I've never seen that one. Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken was one. And then the other one that was like the American flag, but it had something else over it.
1: Oh, the Oath Keepers one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. There was there was a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's several and I mean we did a episode bonus episode called Parlor Talk where we talked about Parlor uh, Tricks. Parlor Tricks, that's right. Where uh, I talked about the Proud Boys, mm-hmm. which was another group that was there.
0: They were there, but apparently they toned down their look because their leader had just been arrested. And
1: he told them on social media to to go on incognito. Yeah. So they, so were, they there, were there, but, but they, they didn't yeah. represent their flags or everything like they uh because they because they I guess knew that it was going they to go knew bad. They that they
0: were going to be a target, especially because they've gotten a lot more Press. national attention with that debate yeah. where Donald Trump told them to stand by. Yeah.
1: So there were several. Um, and you could read the article. We'll link to it in the show notes for sure because yeah, it's will. a really good article. And it's interesting, too, because... The people who stormed the Capitol weren't the only people that were there that day. There were plenty of regular Trump supporters who went peacefully and just hung out with their friends and left. Yeah. Um, There was only certain very extreme groups, I think, that busted into the Capitol. A lot
0: of the QAnon folks.
1: Committed crimes, yeah. And I saw a lot of Qs. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a lot of re-interesting QAnon. And that whole,
0: like, where we go one, we go all. Mm
1: -hmm. That was definitely represented there. So I feel like... I do need to say that there weren't... It's not like every person that went there was a scumbag. Uh, I don't think that that's true.
0: No, I do think that there were a lot of folks there who were just like plain old, ordinary Mm -hmm. Fox News watching Republicans But had
1: no intention of doing anything bad. No,
0: I think they just... They had been led to believe that their votes hadn't counted and that Donald Trump was supposed to be the real winner Mm -hmm. of the presidency. They don't necessarily... Um, sus- subscribe to the the QAnon crazy, yeah, <laughs> uh, or the Proud Boy chauvinists, mm-hmm. etc.
1: I think there's a lot of those hate groups that are <laughs> that that are just they're still talking online right now about doing something at the inauguration. Yes, they're they calling are. it our last chance rally or some shit. Mm-hmm. So it's not even over. No. Uh, When we're recording this, you know, nothing else has happened, but who knows? Uh, So these people are, like, pretty dangerous, and uh, they still are. Yeah. And we're knee-deep in it.
0: Knee-deep in it.
1: Mm -hmm. And since we're knee-deep in the shit, (laughs) I learned something else that's some shit this week. Oh, yeah? Uh, Just randomly. Did you know that Henry Ford was, like, super anti-Semitic? Like, very much a racist?
0: The... Car guy or yes. the truck guy,
1: the guy who invented the Model T, the invented cars. Yeah, that guy. No, he was really anti Semitic, he was very, very much like a Nazi. Really, yeah, what? Yeah, um, so <laughs> this is, and if you go to Wikipedia and look at Henry Ford, you'll there's a whole section called the Dearborn Independent and Anti Semitism <clears throat> related to him.
0: What is that?
1: So, in the early 1920s, Ford sponsored a weekly newspaper that published strongly anti Semitic views. At the same time, Ford had a reputation as one of the few major corporations hiring black workers. He also hired women and handicapped men at the time when doing so was very uncommon. Part of his racist and anti Semitic legacy includes the funding of square dancing in American schools because he hated jazz and associated the creation with Jewish people.
0: Okay, wait. So he would hire, he did hire black people mm-hmm. and he hired women mm-hmm. and disabled people, mm-hmm. but hated Jewish yes. people. Yes.
1: <laughs> Okay. hated Jewish
0: people. Okay,
1: And And to the point where he thought they invented jazz, uh,
0: which... I don't think that's right. I don't think
1: that's right either, so...
0: I'm not like a jazz historian, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that it wasn't Jewish folks.
1: It gets worse. The, if you want to get knee deep in it, here we go. Oh, no, okay. In 1918, Ford's closest aide and private secretary, Ernest G. Leibold, purchased an obscure weekly newspaper for Ford, the Dearborn Independent. The Independent ran for eight straight years from 1920 until 1927 with Leibold as editor. Every Ford franchise nationwide had to carry the newspaper and distribute it to its customers. During this period, Ford emerged as a respected spokesman for far right-wing extremism and religious prejudice, reaching over 700,000 readers with the newspaper.
0: So every time you would go to a Ford dealership and buy Mm -hmm. a Ford vehicle, you also got Mm -hmm. this anti-Semitic, quote, newspaper. To
1: give you an idea of how anti-Semitic. On May 22nd, 1920, Ford wrote, If fans knew what the trouble with American baseball is, they have three words too much Jew. (laughs) So he wasn't even covering it up or being subtle about it either. No,
0: he was just out in the open. Uh huh. Wow.
1: So check this out. In Germany, Ford's anti Semitic articles from the Dearborn Independent were issued in four volumes, cumulatively titled The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. Published by The
0: World's Foremost Problem? Yep.
1: Published by Theodore Reich. Founder of the several anti-Semitic part- parties and a member of the Reichstag. Wow! Mm-hmm. In a letter written in 1924, Heinrich Himmler described Ford as one of our most valuable, important, and witty fighters.
0: Wasn't that the what the, that wasn't that Hitler's, Hitler's right hand guy?
1: Yep. Himmler, 1924, called Henry Ford one of our most valuable, important, and witty fighters.
0: Oh, were you kidding
1: me? Nope. Nope. Speaking in nineteen thirty one to a Detroit news reporter, Hitler said he regarded Ford as his inspiration, explaining his reason for keeping a Ford's life size portrait next to his desk. What? Hitler had a life size portrait of Henry Ford beside his desk.
0: Because he liked his anti Semitic ways. Yep. That is nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Isn't that isn't that crazy? I, we,
0: we don't learn about that part in school. No, they, we just learn that mm-hmm. Ford is why we have cars.
1: How about this? Ford no. is the only American mentioned favorably in Mein Kampf, although he is only mentioned twice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: He's like he's like Americans are in general pieces of shit, but, except that Ford guy. Yep. He's all right. Yep. I like the the portrait I have of him next in my desk. Isn't that
1: insane? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, what happened after that is he reprinted an anti-Semitic text that's like fabricated that's supposed to describe a Jewish conspiracy written by Jews called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Mm. It's a fake thing. And uh, he republished that and got sued by the Anti-Defamation League, who came into existence well, pretty soon after good. that. good. And uh, I'm glad he, he actually, sued. yeah, Henry Ford actually kind of did a mealy mouthed apology about it and sort of toned it down after the twenties. Mm. Um, but his anti Semitic bullshit kept flowing, and you can still get those books. In fact, uh, the International Jew is still for sale on Amazon today.
0: Now the the internet that is that the which one's that is that the compilation? Yep,
1: that's the one that's a compilation of all of Ford's anti Semitic articles from the Dearborn Independent.
0: Wow, and that but that was. Germany who put all that together into Mm -hmm. a compilation it Mm -hmm. wasn't the maybe that's why you can still buy it because it was German published
1: I don't know but that's just some facts that I learned this week that uh wow no I had
0: no idea I mean think about when you're learning about history Mm -hmm. American history they just mentioned Ford is like the guy who made the Model T and Uh now thanks to him we have cars they don't mention that he also helped motivate Hitler (laughs) yeah yeah wow Uh
1: uh-huh so um since we were since we're knee deep in it, I wanted to discuss the fact that th- that this what Ford had and what a lot of these people in the alt right currently have is a specific type of uh, racism that is much more anti-Semitic than it is anti-black. Yeah. So anti-Semitism is a not a separate but a a particular I guess flavor of white supremacy that I wanted to talk about a little bit because it it's not the same. In a lot of ways, there's a long history of it, and they approach it a little bit differently well, than the anti-black ones. I
0: guess it's different in the sense of our relationship to Jewish people, white people's relationship to Jewish people. Mm-hmm. We didn't own them like we owned black yeah. people historically. We didn't enslave them here in the U.S.
1: Right. So, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of subtle differences, but I think for the most part, I've noticed that there wasn't any swastikas at that uh, Capitol Hill
0: no, I don't think any of the, like that CNN breakdown, looking at all the symbols and stuff, nobody picked up a, a, a swastika. Um, I didn't, I mean,
1: there were probably a couple there, but I didn't, you, they weren't prevalent I feel at like all.
0: if they were there, it was probably on someone's skin and it was covered by t-shirts right. and jackets.
1: And I was thinking a lot about that because there's a distinct thing that's happening here uh, with, with types, of with flavors, variants of white supremacy that I mm-hmm. find fascinating. Sure. Um. I have read other articles talking about it, and I, I kind of wanted to discuss it a little bit. So there's anti-Semitism that comes from particular regions like mostly Germany, that sort of uh, European flavor of mm-hmm. of, of racism. Um, and then there's a specific kind of like anti-Black racism that comes from from America, mm-hmm. specifically in the South. Yep. And then I think that America as a whole has a very British flavor of, of racism that is a colonial attitude mm-hmm. um, that I think is different. So there's the attitude of, like, we need to eliminate all these people from the world because they're terrible. Mm-hmm. There, there's that attitude. But then there's another attitude that says uh, we need to make them better. They're, they're savages, and we need to bring them up to our level to civilize them. Right. That is the particular type of American uh, racism that I, that I see the most.
0: Yeah, well, we've we've all seen it. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. America has a really bad habit of thinking the way that we do things here is best. Yes, and that other places should be like us. Mm-hmm. Case in point, when we tried to go in and force democracy on Iraq.
1: Mm-hmm. If you want to put that into, yeah, I, I agree completely. And if mm-hmm. you want to put that into white supremacist, like. Terms. I guess what I'm saying here is that we have a very much more colonial British uh, type of racism. Because
0: that's where America came from.
1: Mm hmm. And so in that, I've noticed that we do a lot of dismissing of uh, other cultures. We say things like, those people in the Middle East have been killing each other for thousands of years. Well,
0: for starters, we lump them. We say them, Mm -hmm. those people.
1: I know I've been guilty of saying that.
0: Of course. Those people
1: over there in the Middle East have been killing each other for thousands of years over things. As if people haven't been killing each other everywhere for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And in the Middle East, they had hundreds of years of peace and hundreds of years of war, just like everywhere else in the world. They're not any different and it's very dismissive and very privileged to have that attitude and i have been guilty of it myself and i just wanted to point out that i think a lot of us are right and it's something to think about because maybe maybe it isn't that they've been killing each other over there for thousands of years
0: you also get the different flavors we call it flavors the different flavors of like supremacy here in the u.s when you listen to these groups or group members talk about who they're mad at. Yes. If they're calling you up and yelling about George Soros... That's anti-Semitic. Then they're anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they're calling you up and they're yelling about the BLM, then they're just racist yep. against black
1: folks. And there's a lot of intermixing, but I think they have distinct tactics and that like certain cultures tend to lean towards one or another. Yeah. And that's something that... I've read a little bit about, but I just noticed myself and I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting. So I wanted to bring it up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I can relate to it in the sense of coronavirus, believe it or not. So the way the vaccines have been being distributed in America has not been going great.
0: No, I saw something on the news about how they had 20 million doses, but had only administered Mm-hmm. like 2 million or something.
1: Yeah, that was around the end of the year. That was where we were.
0: Yeah, around. and they yeah. were like, so that didn't go mm-hmm. the way we thought it would. And it's like, why? And so they're trying to like report on and uncover like why is distribution going so slowly in the US?
1: Well, I have a suggestion. Okay. about why that might be. But to get there, I'll just tell you some numbers. Okay. So Israel has distributed about 19.55 vaccines per 100 people. So about 20 Mm -hmm. per 100 people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's about uh, one and a half, a little more than one and a half million people. Mm -hmm. Um, The United States has done two per 100 people two uh-huh. just two two so that's <laughs> that would be uh if you're keeping track 10 times less than Israel right uh but we've distributed 6.69 million vaccines so the number's larger but the percentage is way worse sure yeah um the united kingdom uh has done about 2 per 100 people so about the same as us with 1.32 million vaccines given out roughly uh-huh. um Denmark has done about 2 per 100 people. And then there's a big drop-off. Italy is at 0.85 per 100 people. And then China is 0.63 per 100 people.
0: What's up with China?
1: Well, 9 million vaccines distributed. Oh. So they have distributed way more vaccines than any other country, but they have Their way more The population
0: is just massive.
1: That's why there's a difference between the amount of vaccines they've given out and how much per capita. Mm, okay. So... Israel's winning per capita by a long shot.
0: Israel wins everything.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> they win all the awards. And uh, I was thinking about why Israel's vaccine success is made possible by its small size, slightly larger than New Jersey, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the efficiencies of its nationalized healthcare system, mm-hmm. of which nine all nine million citizens hold identity and register cards for their electronic medical files with one of the country's four national HMOs. Mm-hmm. So that's it. There's it's socialized medicine, and right? So they like,
0: were able to just kind of like integrate mm-hmm. it into their existing system mm-hmm. and be like, "All right, use your use mm-hmm. your uh, socialized medicine card yep. and get get in line to get vaccinated." Whereas here in America, we had to create a whole new hoodooed mm-hmm. system. Yep. Of what's fair and democratic, and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to distribute the damn thing. Yep. And then it's turned into a complete clusterfuck yep. of people waiting in line in their cars for hours and upon hours to get vaccinated.
1: Yeah. And I think there are other places that are doing it better. And I noticed a pattern with those places. Okay. They all have socialized healthcare.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe
0: they also happen to be the same countries, I would argue, not only handling the vaccine part better, but they handled the pandemic part better.
1: They did. And that <laughs> is my point about vaccines and my point about this whole fucking thing. It's uh America's a disaster right now, <laughs> and it's because we're looking at everything ass backwards, and we have a bunch <laughs> of racists running things who are like Nazis. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of where we're at we're What a glorious
0: in shit show What a
1: glorious shit show we are in the <laughs> middle of But that's uh pretty much all I had for this shit show I'm sure there's a ton more <laughs> We'll to come. be back
0: next week with more shit show, don't we worry We
1: definitely do have a, a <laughs> shitty musical uh number that we performed That we would like to play d- for you guys now We do In the name of shit So here's a quick little listen to that
0: Enjoy Hello Hello
1: and welcome, welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes, Snowflakes. podcast. Podcast. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I like that we have good enough mics where you can hear how badly I sing. Yeah. Um, but it was in the name of shit, so it there you go. It was in
0: the name of shit.
1: We weren't taking it seriously, I hope. No. Um, but if you take this show seriously and you really like it, you should go visit our website.
0: carolinasnowflakes.com
1: Or you can get on our Facebook where we discuss shit and other and things. And other shit. Yeah, and other things. <laughs> it's at Facebook.
0: Facebook.com forward slash Carolinasnowflakes.
1: And if you're a white supremacist and you think that I was being an asshole, good, and you can send me an email to let me know.
0: <laughs> Carolinasnowflakes at gmail.com.
1: Gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.